mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, we are on location from opening day of the Hancock County Fair. Presented by Legacy Farmers Cooperative, a familiar site at the fair and a familiar partner to the agriculture community. It is Veterans Day at the fair with free admission and lots of special perks for those who have served. Hancock County Veterans Service Office Director Nicole Coleman has the scoop. And perhaps no one works harder during fair week than 4-H youth. 4-H Extension Educator Lauren Berner Kitzler explains why that matters. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Wednesday, August 30th, 2023. Some of the first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. This jumped out at me at the uh, Newswire. First thing to let you know, get ready for a lot of simultaneously buzzing phones on October 4th, so a little over a month from now, there's going to be a nationwide test of the emergency alert system and the wireless emergency alert system. Uh, this is, according to the report, FEMA is coordinating with the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, to carry out this, te- uh, this test at approximately 2.20 in the afternoon on Wednesday, October 4th. There will actually be two tests. The wireless portion of the test will be directed to all consumer cell phones. So your phone, about 2.20 in the afternoon on October 4th, will go off with a message, this is a test of the National Wireless Emergency Alert System. No action is needed. Uh, The alerts, according to FEMA, will be accompanied by a unique tone and vibration. So I'm actually kind of excited about learning what that may be. But uh, apparently they've done this before. Uh, and I seem to remember getting those wireless alerts in the past. But October 4th going to be the next date for that. Some of the other uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day to get your uh, Wednesday morning started. You know, we're coming up on Labor Day weekend, which many people consider to be the last big travel weekend of the summer. Summer vacation season winding to a close. Uh, have When was the last time you visited Las Vegas, speaking of travel? Believe it or not, trips to Sin City may be becoming a thing of the past, it says here. A recent survey finds that four in ten gamblers, self-described gamblers, have never actually set foot in a casino. Of course, these days you don't have to. You can play your favorite games online and everything else. Nearly a quarter of the respondents in this survey, 23%, who place bets online worry about getting it wrong in person. So I don't know what the likelihood that you would be getting it wrong in person over getting it wrong betting online. I don't know, but another 22% fear that they will look out of place in an actual casino. And uh, one in five worry about having to travel to a physical casino or not having anyone to go with because they didn't want to go solo. Of those who have been to a casino, 15% have only gone once or twice. So, kind of interesting. Four in ten self-described gamblers have never been to a casino, never actually been to a casino. So anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um... 
Here's another uh, travel-related story, and I thought this was kind of interesting. Las Vegas is one of those uh, vacations where you don't see a whole lot of kids, generally. Uh, It is not necessarily a family-friendly vacation. And uh, starting in November, the Turkish company, Corindon, is introducing child-free zones on their planes flying between Amsterdam and the Caribbean. They will have adults-only zones toward the front of the plane, separated by walls and curtains. So if you have ever been on a plane and been bothered by screaming children or, you know, children that just aren't behaving themselves, you will appreciate this. Uh, They're not the only ones. Other airlines have quiet zones or adults-only zones. AirAsia, Scoot, Indigo, and Malaysia Airlines. You notice all of these are foreign carriers. In a Newsweek survey of 1,500 American adults, 60% said that they would support the idea of adult-only zones on U.S. carriers. So uh, American and United and Southwest, are you paying attention? That may be a... And, and here's the thing. Would you pay extra to be seated in an adult-only zone where you wouldn't have to worry about the uh, kids? Yeah. I think, me, I think a lot of people would. So. Uh, this is a follow-up, kind of an interesting uh, item here that uh, relates to something we were talking about yesterday, about how Ozempic, the diabetes drug that is being used as a designer weight loss drug uh, off-label, there was a story yesterday about how uh, cardiologists have found in some research that Ozempic may uh, reverse heart failure. And we were saying this could be the modern miracle drug. Now mounting evidence suggests that Ozempic could even help with addictions like gambling. We were talking about casinos just a moment ago. Ozempic has been rumored to help Americans curb their alcohol and nicotine use. And so in connection with this... And there have been, I guess, several trials on this use of the medication as well. They expanded on that and said, well, it helped with a gambling addiction. Um, Not only that, but it may help with uh, overspending, (laughs) which I didn't know that overspending is a condition that could be corrected by medication. But some scientists believe that the drug helps control the brain's reward pathway and rushes of dopamine. Dr. Chris Palmer says the exact same brain circuits that are regulating our food intake are also playing a role in our addictive behaviors. And again, whether that's uh, alcohol use, uh, smoking, uh, gambling, whatever. He says all of these things, uh, these types of food uh, tend to uh, stimulate the system that much more. And so... Anyway, there could be a connection with Ozempic and even a gambling addiction. Evidence continues to mount. This could be the, the miracle drug that can, in this case, save us from ourselves. And a couple of other uh, items here among the first things you need to know this morning. You know how the COVID pandemic gave rise to an awful lot of vaccine skepticism, to say the least. Uh, it does seem like there are more anti-vaxxers out there now than there were before 
the whole pandemic happened. And now a new study finds a majority of dog owners are skeptical, skeptical of canine vaccines. This issue is spreading now. As a matter of fact, this study finds that many dog owners are skeptical even of the rabies shot, which has decades upon decades of uh, documented effectiveness. This is a study published in the medical journal Vaccine finds that 53% of dog owners have concerns about the safety or necessity of vaccines for their four-legged friends. More than a third also believe that vaccines could cause cognitive issues in dogs, leading to something like canine autism. And by the way, that theory has absolutely no scientific evidence. Zero. The study says hesitancy to vaccinate dogs is an issue because without these vaccines, disease could spread through both the canine and human population. So this is not just something that will affect our dogs. But that I thought was really interesting, that the uh, anti-vax prevalence is spreading in this country. And finally this morning, among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. This is actually really cool. If you have tattoos or you want to get a tattoo, but you're worried about having it being visible and how that might impact your professional life, for example, a lot of employers still very... Uh, averse to the idea of heavily tattooed individuals. It's becoming more acceptable in society, but there's still uh, an aversion to this among some people. So a scientist at the University of Colorado at Boulder is hoping a new tattoo ink that he created will be a hit with people who may need to or want to hide their body art. Carson Burns is teaming with a well-known tattoo artist named Keith McCurdy, nicknamed Bang Bang. (laughs) I'm not familiar with this gentleman, but I suppose if you are uh, into the tattoo scene, you may know who he is. Anyway, they are marketing a product called Magic Ink, which is not a particularly creative name, but the special ink can be exposed to ultraviolet light, and it will make the tattoo appear under ultraviolet light. Then the ink disappears when exposed to daylight or a flashlight or any type of uh, natural light or normal light. So under normal conditions, you wouldn't see it at all. You put a an ultraviolet black light on it and you can see the uh, tattoos. This is not necessarily groundbreaking stuff in the sense that, you know, invisible ink that's uh, visible only under a black light is quite common, but this is the first time it's been used in tattoo ink. The uh, product will initially be available only to a select group of tattoo artists, but they hope the invention will jumpstart the development of other types of ink that can be helpful as well as decorative. I just thought that was really interesting. idea of a disappearing tattoo. So there you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Wednesday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. 
Your WTOL 11 weather. Partly sunny skies expected today with a high in the low 70s. Just a few clouds tonight, a low around 50. A lot of people attended the grand opening celebration and ribbon cutting for Liberty Benton's new elementary middle school. It is indeed a great day to be an Eagle. We caught up with Superintendent Bruce Otley at the grand opening. To see so many familiar faces coming in today, thousands of people, our taxpayers, enjoying the space that they helped us create. People who attended the grand opening celebration also had a chance to check out the newly renovated high school next door. See video of the new elementary middle school in this story on our website. Convicted former Ohio House Speaker Larry Householder has been transferred to Oklahoma to begin his time in federal prison. The 64-year-old Republican had been held in the Butler County Jail in southwest Ohio since he was sentenced in late June to 20 years for his role in the largest corruption scheme in Ohio history. He was recently moved to the Federal Transfer Center in Oklahoma City, according to Bureau of Prisons Records. Householder from southeast Ohio's Perry County was not granted a request to be released during his appeal. Dave James, I went in news. In recent days, there have been four earthquakes centered in Lake County, northeast of Cleveland. Emily Coach was heading to bed when it happened just after 10.30. I felt something under my feet. The mirrors on my wall started shaking, and so did I. Gabrielle Crouch was also surprised when she heard a rumble. It's just a weird feeling to feel like your whole floor is bouncing underneath you. Not a whole lot of definitive information as to why earthquakes happen in our area, but one reason points to buried faults that were active tens of millions of years ago. I'm Isabel Lawrence. The Hancock County Fair gets underway today at the fairgrounds in Finley. Among the events and activities today, the Hancock County Band Show is in the South Grandstand and the Donkey Race will be in the North Grandstand. The fair runs through Monday. See the full list of events and activities at the Hancock County Fair in the story on our website. Don't forget, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Well, I'll tell you what, the uh, cattle are in full voice uh, over here. We are live at the Hancock County Fair, opening day of the fair today. And we are located on the same spot where we've been the past couple, three years in front of the uh, uh, cattleman's uh, uh, area. I guess this is the pavilion here, the barn. Uh, on this uh, patio here that is absolutely gorgeous, and thanks to the uh, folks, the Cattlemen's, uh, for letting us kind of invade their space and do the show live on location. Our broadcast for opening day of the fair is courtesy of Leg- Legacy Farmers Cooperative, and uh, Chad Rosebrook is with us once again. He is vice president of grain, vice president of grain. So we are uh, joined by you know important people here at the fair, only the best. Chad, thanks very much for uh, being here, especially uh, dark and early. Yeah, no, thanks for having us, and uh, we're excited to be here and excited to support the fair. We kind of joke about being here so early before even the sun comes up, but we are not the only ones who are stirring around here. Uh, The fair begins very early for everybody who has, especially the animals here. No, that's exactly right. Uh, as, as we got here this morning, close to about 6 o'clock this morning, uh, noticed there was a loose dairy feeder wandering around. Uh, so we corralled that, get on back in the barn, and shortly thereafter, uh, the 4-H participant with his, with his parents came and, and got him back where he belonged. So a lot of action here at 6 in the morning. 
already we already we've had some excitement. We mentioned uh, that there was a we were greeted by a, a calf here uh, early when we got here, and folks would be happy to know that the calf is back where he belongs. So. Um, Obviously, as you, we talk a little bit about your expertise with the Legacy Farmers Cooperative with the uh, grain markets, we are coming up on uh, harvest time here before too long. Uh, what are you hearing? What is the feedback you get from uh, local farmers about uh, what they're anticipating for their crops this year? Yeah, so we have a lot of excitement going into this fall harvest. Uh, farmers tell us that their corn crop looks excellent. Uh, we were able to get out in the field and get it planted fairly early this year, which is typically a good thing. Uh, and, and for as early as we got it planted, we would expect harvest to be a little earlier as well. Uh, but we had a cooler, more overcast summer with some of that smoke from Canada, I think, maybe delaying maturity a bit. Uh, but with that delayed maturity, it's kept that plant alive a lot longer, and I think it's benefited from some of the late moisture we've had here this summer. Well, yeah, and when we were real early in the summer, we had a stretch of very hot days, and then after that, it's been cool, it's been you know, mild. This has been just about perfect weather for the crops, hasn't it? It has, yeah. If, if we were going to be dry uh, early in the growing season is the time to do it uh, when that plant requires a little less moisture. And then, yeah, you're exactly right. We've been cooler. We've been more overcast. You know, we would like a few more uh, heat units, you know, through the summer to help that crop mature. But as long as we don't have an early frost, we should be just fine. Kind of interesting. So it hasn't been warm enough uh, in in reality. And what about the the prices? I mean, we talk about yields. Uh, the uh, farmers are are excited about that. Uh, crop prices, uh, if I'm I'm thinking right from what I've uh, heard, pretty solid. Um, on on our soybeans for sure. Our soybean price is still hanging in there. Our, our corn price has fallen quite a bit, uh, as just like we talked. You know, as we as we started our growing season, we were hot and dry, and that had the markets excited. Uh, our our prices were a little more elevated at that time, but as we've gone along through the growing period and gotten some moisture, uh, that corn price has kind of declined as as we're approaching fall. Uh, just as the the prospects of of a better yield are are better today than what they were back in early June. So. The other thing that impacts prices and and what farmers will get for their crops here is what happens around the rest of the country. Uh, so does that play into it as well in terms of those uh, declining prices that everybody has pretty much had good growing conditions? A absolutely. Uh, so when we look at the, the crop here in the United States, we pay a lot of attention to states like Illinois, Iowa, Indiana. Uh, and even further west in the Dakotas, Nebraska, Kansas. You know, those are some areas that produce a lot of corn. And early on, there was a lot of uh, headline-grabbing news from those states talking about how dry it was. And now that we're into uh, late August, now almost September, and yield projections are coming out. And I would tell you, if, if you polled the marketplace back then and said, you know, these yields are going to be 200-plus bushel per acre, I don't think anybody would have believed believed you when, when we said that. Uh, so now that's part of it. Uh, also, too, you know, our markets are greatly affected by what's happening in the world, uh, on the world stage. And uh, our exports out of the United States aren't great right now because of how strong the dollar has risen. So uh, we are not the preferred market for places like China to come buy commodities anymore. Uh, and that's just largely because of a strong dollar. And there are a lot of political reasons uh, involved in that as well. And I would imagine that the story would be 
a little bit different if we're talking about the crops that they grow out west and along the southern belt where it has been so incredibly hot uh, and dry all summer long. Yeah, that's right. So those that, that area you're talking about is kind of what we would call the fringe of the Corn Belt. So as far as production goes, not the biggest biggest production area ever. Uh, but it is important to note how hot and dry it has been because now the Mississippi River is running at a lower level again. And we're having to reduce draft sizes and barges, uh, which is going to slow down logistics and make it more expensive to move grain down the Mississippi when we can't load barges all the way. So uh, also compounding you know problems on our on our export side yeah, kind of interesting that even though that doesn't necessarily affect us directly it still has an impact well obviously uh as you mentioned legacy farmers cooperative making our broadcast possible here at the fair you are all over the fair which is to be expected because uh it's in the name the farmers cooperative just like the cooperatives like the electric cooperatives and so on you are uh, owned by your members and many of your members are out here so this is the place you are Absolutely. Being a full service farmer cooperative, you know, we are owned by our members and our members are farmers. And as you look at who participates in the fair as exhibitors, it's typically the farmers, you know, kids uh, and, and those growing up on the farm. So we, we recognize that, obviously, and want to be a big part of that. Uh, but we also know that a lot of these 4-H and FFA participants won't be returning to the farm. They're going to be looking for employment after high school, after college. And uh, 4-H and FFA, they really do develop the future leaders for our agricultural industry. And so we want to support that and, and foster that for sure. Uh, it is obvious, you know, if, if you are, if you have a car dealership, you want to be at the car show. If you are, you know, whatever. Uh, if you are a farmer's cooperative, you want to be at the fair. And again, as you mentioned, so important not just to be out here and be seen by your customers today, but by the customers tomorrow. That's right. That's right. And uh, what, what better investment can you make than investing in the youth of, of the agricultural industry, for sure. And you are going to be busy uh, during here. I know you've got uh, uh, folks in your family that are going to be uh, showing actually today, right? Yeah, that's right. Going to hopefully uh, catch my nieces, show their hogs here in a little bit. And uh, yeah, you know, we have a lot of employees that volunteer time uh, here at the fair to, to make that go on. And uh, whether they're here with, with their children or, or as, as volunteers, there's a lot of uh, legacy employees volunteering their own time uh, to make the fair happen. And during the course of the next six days, I mean, these are animals that still have to be cared for. They still have to be fed. They have to have bedding. They have to, you know, so, you know, your products and the, the things that people go to Legacy Farmers Co-op for, um, obviously, are going to be in need here as well. That's right. You know, our uh, retail store right up the road on 236 is just a short drive away. So uh, this, this week and the week prior, as everybody preps for the fair, is always a busy time for them. Uh, you know, selling uh, more halters, buckets, uh, pitchforks, you name it. Uh, bedding, of course, too. Um, and uh, it, it keeps us busy this time of year. Again, uh, Chad Rosebrook with uh, Legacy Farmers Cooperative with us this morning. They're making our broadcast possible from opening day here at the Hancock County Fair. Chad, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm going to ask Haley to uh, slide over here.
Haley Reese is the uh, new fairgrounds events manager here. And uh, first of all, Haley, thank you very much for dropping by and welcome. Um, for those who don't know you, give us a little bit about uh, your background. You have been very involved in the agriculture community here uh, locally and around the state, I understand. Yes, I grew up as a 4-H kid in Butler County. Okay. My mother's family is from Hancock County, but I'm still quite a transplant. And my <laughs> husband's family owns Kaleidoscope Christmas Tree Farm, okay. so yep. we are very involved in the community. So uh, this is, you couldn't ask for better weather for the fair this week. It looks like it's going to be absolutely gorgeous. You have a lot of things going on uh, to... Uh, talk about here at the fair as well you know for the 4-H kids and for those involved in agriculture the fair is first and foremost about that for everybody else it's about the food it's about the entertainment and you know for everybody uh, it's the food and entertainment too yes absolutely so we've got a lot going on this week for today in particular, here in a few minutes, we're going to kick off the swine show and the horse show. Then we're going to move on to dog shows right after that, poultry. And then this evening, our grandstand events are going to be the band show at 7 and then the donkey race at 7. The donkey race is in the north grandstands, and that is sponsored by Hancock Federal Credit Union. And the band show is in the south grandstands and is sponsored by the Visitors Bureau. Okay, so... Did they rope you into the donkey races? They have not, no. No one has asked me to sit on a donkey, which I am thankful for. I grew up a horse kid, so I might be able to do it, but I don't know that I could quite stick the landing like I did when I was back in my 4-H days. <laughs> so it's interesting. You uh, say that you grew up around horses. That's one of the big things here at the Hancock County Fair. Every, fa every fair is a little bit different in terms of uh, some of the things that are, are really, really big. Here in Hancock County, horses really, really big. Uh, I, I know where I grew up in Logan County, uh, we had horses, but it, it doesn't seem to be as big of an event as it is uh, here. That is really a highlight of the Hancock County Fair. Absolutely. As a horse person, the horse events are near and dear to me. Even growing up as a child, we traveled from Butler County up to the Hancock County Fair on the Saturday to watch the horse polls. Like That was the big to-do for our family. So not only do we have the 4-H horse shows going on, but we have the horse polls, we have the open draft show, and then new this year we have the, I may be calling this the wrong thing, so shame on me, but an open hitch series. So it's a last qualifying show in a series for the draft community. So I'm hoping that that pulls a lot of of new people in on Saturday to show at that. Well, and we talk about drawing the crowds. I mean, obviously, uh, we hope for really good crowds. So we mentioned the weather is um, going to cooperate, and that is is perfect. It's going to be uh, nice and cool. The first thing, I we were joking about this yesterday that uh, whether you like it cooler or whether you like it really hot, uh, the first three days are going to be cool. Second three days are going to be hot at the fair. So you've got everything covered, uh, thanks to Mother Nature, but. Um, Talk about some of the uh, things that you've got uh, coming up, some of which uh, is new, uh, to draw those crowds uh, into the fair because it's always uh, about bringing folks in uh, to experience the fair. And hopefully while they're here, obviously they check out the animals and everything else. Okay, so we're doing on Friday, we have the KOI drag races again. We've got the barrel battle in the North Grandstands. 
Why did I start on a Friday? Let's reverse <laughs> back. So we've already covered Wednesday, but tomorrow, Thursday, we've got the craft scam half scramble which is always just an absolute riot that starts at 7:30 in the north grandstands and that is sponsored by jb spray foam but we're going to start with the littles catching chickens that i i was like out of breath i hurt the next day i was laughing so hard at these babies my daughter um herself she still talks about catching a chicken and she is ready she is pumped she's been training for this day for a year so we have the calf scramble going on at 7.30. And we also have the harness racing going on at 6 o'clock in the South Grandstands. Friday, we have the KOI drag racing in the South Grandstands. And we have the barrel battle happening at ooh, 7 o'clock. Both of those start at 7 o'clock. And barrel battle is in the North Grandstands. Throughout the day on Friday as well, we are going to have music entertainment. And that is sponsored by Cooper Goodyear Tire. On Saturday, we have the Demo Derby in the South Grandstands, and that starts at 6.30. The horse poles are going to start at 7.30 in the North Grandstands. We're going to um, That is going to be sponsored by LaRich Toyota. Or, oh, my gosh, LaRich Chevy Cadillac. I am sorry. <laughs> and new this year in that, we are going to do a scholarship presentation for our Very two cool. scholarship winners. So I'm looking forward to that. And then on Sunday, Morse Family Gospel Singers is going to be in the old Millstream Center, as well as the biggest little pole in Northwest Ohio, and that is sponsored by Fenster Maker Racing. So, uh, as we said, a lot of things going on uh, through the course of the, the week. We mentioned the Demolition Derby, which is uh, actually the, the first of the Demolition Derby is on Saturday, right? And then there's uh, a, another one coming up on Monday? Yes, Monday is the figure eight Demo Derby. So, essentially, the track is a, de is a figure eight, and I think the whole point is them, for just to, them to just crush each other right out of the gate. So, that will be a good one. So a lot of things uh, to uh, come out and enjoy uh, for everyone in the community uh, here at the Hancock County Fair through the course of the week. Haley Reese, again, is uh, Fairgrounds Meds Events Manager uh, with us this morning. We certainly appreciate you dropping by. Uh, here's to a fantastic fair. Like we said, the weather is going to cooperate. Lots of great things to come out and see and do. Lots of great food. Of course, all of the animals and everything else. Haley, thanks very much for dropping by. Thank you so much. The Hancock County Fair is underway in a big way. Already lots of activity here at the Hancock County Fair. One of the things that I love about being out here in the early part of the day is you get to see the fairgrounds come to life. And that's really fun, especially on day number one, as everybody starts to uh, go about their business. The kids start to get busy uh, taking care of their animals and uh, all of that. Lots of things going on at the Hancock County Fair. And our broadcast courtesy of Legacy Farmers Cooperative this morning. One of the things about opening day is that it is Veterans Day at the fair. Uh, free admission, of course, but also lots of special perks for those who have served. Really, Hancock County goes all out to honor their veterans. And uh, Hancock County Veterans Service Office Director Nicole Coleman, I've seen already out here and about milling about the fair. She is actually right now as we speak 
uh, getting ready for uh, all of the activities that will be going on throughout the day. But yesterday, we got the chance to talk with Nicole about what is what all is happening for Veterans Day at the Hancock County Fair. First and foremost, as every veteran knows, it's free admission uh, to the fair um, with a valid uh, ID and, and so on. So there is that. But so many other things going on through the course of the day uh, for Veterans Day at the fair to salute those who have served. Yeah, we're super excited about it. it uh, we've been doing this for several years now. The fair partnered with us and said, yes, we'll let the veterans in for free. The um, ID card that works is your active duty military ID card, retired military ID card, uh, VA health ID card, okay. or the state veterans ID card, Okay, um, which our office issues. However, uh, if you don't yet have it, it's mm-hmm. too late for this year. But make sure you get it before <laughs> Veterans sure. Day. There, there you go. Um, and like we said, that's just the beginning. Uh, yeah. You're going to treat veterans to lunch. Yes. Yeah, so the uh, Hancock County Veterans Council provides payment for the lunch tickets. Um, it is, you know, until the funds are gone. Okay. Um, so we have lunch vouchers that you can stop into the old Millstream building and see us. Uh, we just will check and make sure that you're in our database. As mm-hmm. long as you are and your information's current, we will give you one of those while the supplies last. If not, all you have to do is fill out a quick form and we'll give you that lunch voucher. It, I think there's like six or seven vendors at the fair that okay. are accepting them. Very um, cool. So you can go out and use that. Um, the Guitars for Vets band is playing from 3 to 3.30-ish. Um, I think they have five or six songs that they're going to play for us. Okay. Um, one of so a them mini concert there. yes and that's and, and where is that going to be at? all everything we're doing on opening day is in the old mill street okay. building okay um, all right and typically you know we say it's air conditioned so come on in but this year it doesn't look like it's it looks <laughs> like perfect pretty, fair yeah, weather perfect. so maybe throw the doors open exactly and, yeah, exactly so. so yeah we're welcoming people in but one thing i do want to highlight about the guitars for vets band is they do one of the songs they do is knocking on heaven's doors and they wrote a verse for the song. Really? That is like just so moving. Okay. So I, I hope people will come and listen to them perform. Yeah. Amazing. So take a little time out of it because that's one of those things that's not just for veterans. Certainly right. anybody everyone. can. We hope, that, we hope that everyone's yeah. going to come in. So I also like to say this is for anyone who is military connected, mm-hmm. like yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you have children. I did not serve, but my right. sons both did. So, right. Yeah. So you could be the spouse of, the parent of, the grandparent of, you know, come in and, and learn about the, mm-hmm. th- the, the resources that are here for yeah. them. Um, so Reverb will be playing from 3.30 to 5.15. Okay. Um, they're a local band and uh, the Guitars for Vets band will play a few songs with them. They're going to sit in and jam. Yep. A little jam session. Yep. <laughs> we will have a brief ceremony at 5.15, probably five minutes or less. Um, this is just our way to formally recognize our veterans and their family members. Um, and then immediately following that, uh, supper will be served. We have, uh, it's different this year. We have uh, several different locally owned restaurants um, who are providing the food. Um, I mean, we're paying for it, but they are, you right. know, it's, it's all coming from locally owned restaurants, which we're really excited about. 
And that is like, again, uh, as opposed to the, the lunch vouchers mm-hmm. where you get the voucher, you go out and, and have your favorite fair foods. This is actually there that right. you're serving with the, with the dinner. So, right. Yeah. And the, the thing that I have loved about that is watching um, the intergenerational veteran conversations and connections mm-hmm. and just really an opportunity to bring the military connected families and individuals together yeah. so they can have a meal with people who understand their yeah. experiences that good and experience. bad yeah. yeah yeah so it's incredible uh and that is, there you don't need to rsvp no uh nothing just come in and enjoy That's, correct it's yes that laid back yep so, yeah and once people get through the line get their food then um reverb will play, play a little bit more and uh, then we're going to encourage everyone to go over to the North Grandstand for the donkey races, <laughs> the donkey races. for no, no, Flags not, to the Honor Flight. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not uh, that's not your event. Right. It's not uh, something that uh, is specifically for veterans per se, but for Flag City Honor Flight. So obviously for a great cause right. uh, that is military connected. Yes, yes. Very yeah. excited. Now, would you be on a donkey? I will not be. So I, I have a very <laughs> um, odd and funny injury. Um, I cut myself shaving and <laughs> my ankle, so my ankle is infected. Oh, like well, I'm I, okay. All I, right. Yeah. I, I thought maybe you were just using that no. as an excuse. I cut myself shaving so I can't do the donkey no, races. Yeah. I have to is... wash my hair, <laughs> but no, I look forward to the donkey races. I didn't get to ride last year cause I was having some neck issues. I realize this just means that I'm getting to that age where every year there's something wrong with me. But I'm really hoping next year I will be on a donkey because it's fun. Eventually, we'll get you back up there on the uh, donkeys. But again, to benefit Flag City Honor Flight, so it's for a great cause. And and obviously, all of us can can appreciate that. It would be happening on uh, on Wednesday for Veterans Day as well. And then throughout the the fair, uh, going beyond Veterans Day, you are going to be out there at the, well, I don't know about you personally, but you and the the staff will be out there in the uh, merchants building as you have been in the past yep and as soon as you walk in the north the big north door um you're gonna see us with our bright fluorescent yellow tablecloths we're really easy to find so we'll have our staff out there to answer questions and this is really a great opportunity for people who um who work during the hours that we're open Mm -hmm. so therefore it's not convenient for them to get questions answered this is a great time for them to get questions answered and for those individuals we will come in early. We will work late to make sure that they are able to get an appointment to yeah. see us. Because as we've said time and time again, it really behooves uh, any veteran in the community, whether it's you're uh, a month out or you know, 30 or 40 years out, whatever, uh, to uh, connect with the uh, veteran service office. That's what you're you're there for. Exactly. So, um, this, and I'm guessing that this may be uh, the only time you see some of those uh, veterans. It is. Yeah, you know? there are a lot of veterans that this is the only time we see them. And I will tell you, a couple of years ago, there was a veteran who um, finally came into our office and filed a claim. Hardworking local man, mm-hmm. professional, um, but we would see him every single year at the fair mm-hmm. and tell him again about the benefits that he might be eligible for. And it right. took like three or four years of those conversations and building that relationship before he realized that, okay, these are my people. These are my brothers and sisters. Right. They care about me. They understand me. And there are 
state and federal benefits that I haven't yet taken advantage of, right. and they want to help me with yeah, that. They, and yeah. so he he took the time, veteran, made the appointment. Veteran Service Office uh, understands veterans, but you understand the programs too, right. so you can you can help with that. And it, again, as we've said in the past, even if you saw uh, the we saw you at the fair last year, stop by and say hello again because there's always new stuff. Things change. Right. And yeah. So we always we always say we like everyone to come into our office at least once every three years because there's three things that can change laws, your health, and your finances. And mm-hmm. any one of those three things change, it could change the benefits you're entitled to. Yeah. And a little over a year ago, we had the PACT Act that was you know, right. signed into law, mm-hmm. which did change things for a lot of veterans. Yeah. And so if by some strange circumstance you're a veteran and this is the first time you're hearing about the PACT Act, yeah. please come to see us at the fair or call our office and schedule an appointment. And that's throughout the fair. So yes. whenever you are out there, uh, you'll see the uh, Veteran Service Office folks at the uh, Merchants Building and also learn more about the programs like Guitars for Vets and, right. and so on there too. Yes. So, uh, again, Nicole Coleman with the Hancock County Veteran Service Office. Uh, Wednesday, first day of the fair is Veterans Day with all kinds of things going on and we've got a link on our webpage uh, for more information about that as well. Nicole, thanks very much. Thank you, Chris. This is Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. A Connecticut resident is standing his ground amidst charges of third-degree larceny, insisting that he is no thief. You can charge me with larceny, but I am not a thief. Because <laughs> that worked out so well for Richard Nixon. I am not a thief. Robert Whittington uh, is 57 years old, turned himself in last week after allegedly snagging a bag loaded with $5,000 of town tax receipts outside a Trumbull Bank in May, Trumbull, Connecticut. Mr. Withington, uh, who staunchly asserts his innocence, claimed he discovered the money lying unattended and saw it as a stroke of luck. <laughs> Somebody just laid, uh, left the uh, bag laying around, and he happened to find it. Oh, it's my lucky day. I found the money, he says, and now it's probably going to cost me money. He expressed disbelief in the fact that he is being charged. Now... One of the reasons why he might be uh, being charged is that the bag was, it, it was a bank bag. It contained the bank's insignia and contained roughly $5,000. So <laughs> he knew it wasn't his, <laughs> but he argues he was acting on impulse, not intent. It's not like this was planned out, he said. His court date is coming up next week as the investigation is ongoing. (laughs) I just found it. I just found it. It was lying here. Nobody was uh, anywhere around. And I just, yeah, yeah, that's not going to (laughs) work. Sometimes you don't have to go all too far to find the broken news. A young man in Detroit is facing assault charges after he allegedly bit a nightclub employee's man parts. Let's just put it that way. He bit 
the men parts of a nightclub employee. Gino Hearn uh, is accused of punching and biting two employees after he was denied entrance to the Necto Club on Monday night. 20-year-old employee told police that Mr. Hearn grabbed him there and then bit him there. <clears throat> the employee was taken to a hospital after police placed the 19-year-old suspect in handcuffs. He is now facing multiple felony charges. I would certainly hope that's a felony. <laughs> you know, if you bite me there, I'm hoping that's a felony. You know, that's... Uh, speaking of the Detroit area, Joseph Murray is in custody, is in police custody in Dearborn after allegedly driving while intoxicated. He was pulled over for speeding and weaving between lanes, went through a standardized field sobriety test, and failed. Uh, what's interesting about this is that Joseph Murray is the fire department chief. That's <laughs> the town. <laughs> the fire chief. All right. <clears throat> With a little too much, having a little too much fire water there. Uh, also, uh, out of Michigan, this is not if in Michigan. The guy is from Michigan. Jason Wicks, age 49, from Hillman, Michigan, made headlines for taking an unconventional, dri unconventional dip at Yellowstone National Park, landing in a hot mess. Literally, uh, Mr. Wicks uh, will be appearing in federal court after a misadventure that left him with uh, burns on his foot. Reports say that he veered off the beaten path at uh, Yellowstone National Park and uh, he stepped into one of the uh, hot springs, burned himself. The U.S. Department of Justice District of Wyoming shared that he was apparently enjoying the company of alcohol or other intoxicants during this escapade. He has pleaded not guilty to all charges, including trespassing and endangering himself and others while intoxicated. Um, and he has been banned for life from Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks. So, so he doesn't do that again. Uh, let's see. And a uh, couple of other items here in the broken news. For the third year in a row, giant inflatable ducks are back in the harbor in Maine, and they are multiplying. Uh, now there are three giant inflatable ducks, nicknamed Joy, Greater Joy, and now Greatest Joy. Here's the thing. No one knows... Who sets the ducks up every year, where they come from, or where they go when they disappear? But local officials are not doing anything about it because they don't interfere with navigation of the waters, any of the ships that are navigating the harbor, and people are actually coming to see them. So the uh, Area Chamber of Commerce at uh, Belfast, Maine, is actually celebrating the return of the giant inflatable ducks We've been scratching our heads this whole time, waiting for someone to come forward and say, I'm responsible for this, but so far, no one has. This according to Scott Smith of the Belfast Area Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> I don't know where they're coming from, but they're fine with it as long 
as it doesn't cause any uh, problems in the harbor and people <laughs> are coming to see them. All righty then. And finally, in the broken news this morning, story of Denise Wetcher. She is a homeowner in Florida who is engaged in a legal dispute with her HOA, her Homeowners Association. And this whole battle is over the right to use a clothesline in her backyard. That is the, the whole thing. Initially, she says she was granted permission to install the clothesline, and then the HOA later reversed its approval, claiming it was a violation because it was visible from the street. According to local news reports, the HOA insisted she move it closer to her home, which would, she says, block the sunlight, and that would... <laughs> Uh, defeat the purpose of the clothesline is that you hang your clothes out in the sun to dry. If she moves it close to her house, there would be no sun. And uh, also, it would increase the likelihood of her clothes actually getting dirty hanging on the line. For each day that she resisted moving the clothesline, the HOA has fined her $100 up to a maximum of $2,500 over a clothesline. And now this case has garnered attention online with many folks on social media expressing surprise at the power of an HOA. Really? You're surprised by that? Have you ever heard any of these stories about HOAs? Uh, so anyway, Ms. Witcher, Witcher's lawyer points out that there is not a specific rule against visible clotheslines and... Uh, Legal challenges to HOA decisions also uh, often involve environmental concerns. Some states have laws protecting homeowners' eco-friendly activities, and uh, drying your clothes naturally on the clothesline would be considered eco-friendly. So she may have a case. We'll have to wait and see. But the whole thing, $2,500 fine for a clothesline that she refused to move. There you go. Uh, that is today's Broken News Report. An update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. This message provided by WFIN. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news, and the statistics that shape our lives. Talking a little politics this morning uh, in our daily download. You know, the uh, first of the Republican candidate debates was held just a few days ago, and... Um, so people have been buzzing about that in the world of politics, even though this is really early in the presidential election cycle, but starting to heat up now. An overwhelming majority of Americans in a new poll, uh, a new Monday poll, overwhelming majority of Americans believe that President Joe Biden is too old to effectively carry out the office of president for another four years. According to the Associated Press, this poll found that 77% of Americans say Biden is too old to carry out a second term. Um, now, you break that down by party, 89% of Republicans feel that way. That's probably not a surprise, right? 
Uh, but 69% of Democrats also say that Biden is no longer up to the task, according to the poll. What is interesting about this is that at the same time that this overwhelming majority of people believe that Joe Biden is too old, uh, fewer than half of Americans say former President Donald Trump would be too old to hold office, despite the fact that he's just three years younger. So it's not a huge uh, age difference there from Biden to Trump. But less than half of Americans feel the same way about uh, former President Trump. The poll further found that American voters increasingly support wide-ranging rules aimed at keeping America's leaders young. That is to say, imposing maximum age limits. There's already a minimum age limit for people to hold the office of president, Congress, you know, all of these things. Increasingly, Americans are looking at should there be maximum age limits. Some of the Republican candidates, I think Nikki Haley raised this uh, issue, and uh, others have talked about this as well, maybe imposing at a very minimum cognitive tests once you get past a certain age. And again, this poll finds that there is wide uh, there is increasing support for wide-ranging rules uh, aimed at ensuring that older folks either can't hold office or uh, have the mental acumen to hold office. Roughly two-thirds of Americans say they support imposing age limits on the presidency and on Congress and on the Supreme Court, which has also been an area of contention in recent years for both sides, but prominently right now, more Democrats than Republicans looking at imposing age limits and other limits on Supreme Court members. You know, we mentioned a little bit earlier that uh, perhaps no one works harder during Fair Week than the kids of 4-H. And uh, Lauren Berner-Kitzler is with us, the Hancock County OSU Extension. She is the uh, 4-H Extension Educator. So um, <laughs> you're, the, the hard work for you is actually pretty much done, right? I mean, it, it literally is turning it over to the 4-H kids at this point. It is, absolutely. So um, pretty much we got everybody checked in yesterday morning. It went very smoothly, and now it's just smooth sailing from here. So, yeah. uh, And that's one of the key uh, parts of 4-H, or the key aspects, is the fact that the kids are responsible for so much of what happens with the junior fair, and that is not an accident. No, they, these kiddos are working from sunup to sundown, you know, and it's not just all of their work during fair. It's all behind the scenes. It's preparing for those shows. It's marking those ribbons. It's getting everything particularly in order for the to fair to go smoothly. And again, as we were talking about earlier, this is why it matters. Why does it matter that the, the 4-H, uh, the, the kids of the junior fair, pretty much run the junior fair when it happens? Absolutely. I think, it, you know, being in 4-H and Junior Fair Board, it's a lot of leadership characteristics. Um, being in 4-H, it 
kind of makes you the person you are, you know, teaching that dedication of getting up at 5, 6 a.m. to walk your animals or get things ready for the show. So definitely think it builds characteristic when it comes to that and teaches that strong responsibility for those members. By extension, and this is something we've talked about uh, when it comes to the livestock auction, and I know we're jumping ahead because that won't be until the final day of the fair, but again, um, you know, a lot of lessons uh, that go along with that. That's why the, the fair first and foremost is about the, the kids, the junior fair aspect. Of it. Oh, it is. It's, it's all about the kids and the support and the community that brings in. And, and there's a lot of community support here, which is great to see for our kids' aspect of it. So, absolutely. And uh, it's not just the animal projects. Uh, as we mentioned before, uh, there's just as many kids uh, who are uh, taking non-livestock projects. And those are on display here as well. Yes, so most people think when they think fair, they think livestock, which is great, but we also have a very good chunk of members that do non-livestock projects from sewing, quilting, um, mowing your yard like we've talked about in the, a couple weeks ago. Um, and all of those projects are displayed in our Junior Fair Youth Legacy Pavilion building. Um, all of our clubs do a fair booth, so we have 41 booths available for the public to walk through and see. Um, we had a group of judges come yesterday to judge their aspect of the of the booths from you know best use of movement, best use of the fair H, uh, the four the 4-H and fair theme. Um, Which is what, by the way? Once upon a time at the Hancock County Fair. So you okay. see a lot of fairy tales, princesses, clocks. So I would say the clubs went above and beyond this year, and they look pretty good. So definitely encourage people to check those out. So. What, um, as we mentioned, uh, the leadership uh, here at the fair is a big part of the 4-H experience. Um, how does that how does that happen in terms of determining who takes care of what? I mean, is that you that determines that, or uh, you know, how talk about uh, putting all of that together? So kind of is broken into two pieces. So you have myself on the 4-H side, and then you have Britta Fencemaker, who's our junior fair coordinator here at the fairgrounds. Um, and we kind of it kind of starts with us, and then we dwindle it down between our junior fair board members. I kind of get them on the camp side of things, as well as helping with 4-H events, and then Britta kind of gets them the entire week of fair. So it just it breaks down into into pieces. So. Uh, so you actually uh, are here at the fair, the actual week of the fair. Is, is pretty chill for you for the most part. It is. I have a, I'll have to say I have a much more relaxed job when it comes to the fair. <laughs> so um, my job mainly at the fair is overseeing the youth building. Um, we do programming every day at 11 and 1 is the plan. Um, I plan to team up with our FCS coordinator, uh, Jennifer Little. So every day we have something broken down as a program for the public to come and uh, take part in. So today, Wednesday, first day of the fair, at 11 o'clock, we're going to be doing family fun with FCS. Um, and we're going to be talking about our fruits and vegetables and why they matter, what's important about those. And then at 1 o'clock, we're going to do on the 4-H side, and we're going to talk about the head. So there's four 4-Hs in 4-H, and each day of the fair, we're going to break down what those 4-Hs mean, um, doing a little program and a little something that those family members can take home with them. So... Uh, also, not to uh, jump ahead too much, because those are the things that are happening today uh, in terms of programming, uh, but you have something really special coming, uh, is it tomorrow or later in the week? Yes, no, tomorrow. So OSU has a STEM bus for kiddos, and I'm very excited because it's kind of hard to get, but um, it has come to pick, and it's going to be here tomorrow, Thursday, from 10 o'clock to about 5 or 6 in the evening, so it's all about coding. Um, Getting your hands on the STEM, the technology of 4-H was a very popular ongoing thing now. So I'm very excited for the bus to come. So. Hey, 
So we will look forward to that tomorrow, and we'll talk more about that with you tomorrow morning uh, on the uh, program as we'll be back here at the fair uh, tomorrow as well. And in the meantime, uh, as people are coming out to the fair, um, and we say it all the time, make sure that you make the time to see all of the uh, livestock and, and non-livestock uh, projects that these kids have worked hard on uh, all year long. And when you see these kids who are exhibiting, uh, talk to them about their, you know, what they've been doing this past year because they love to talk about it. Oh, 100%. I strongly encourage, you know, if you're out and about and you want to learn a bit more, ask questions. You know, these 4-H members and junior fair board kids are very knowledgeable. You know, it's not a project that's just a one-day thing. Um, most of these kids have been working several months to get where they are here today, or, you know, here for the county fair, and it's, it's a good honor. And a lot of them want to share their story and tell how they get here so it makes them feel good very proud and honored it's all about the junior fair uh it is they these kids work hard uh all throughout the year and working very hard during the week of the uh, fair and uh, it shows it, we are that's the other thing we are really blessed uh because you know everything comes off without a hitch and it's these kids that you know help make that happen oh absolutely they you know they pour their heart and souls into this stuff and it's it just it's from my aspect as a 4-H educator, it's really nice to see they're dedicated, they're responsible, they're willing to help, you know, lend a helping hand here and there, whether it's something they're out of, kind of out of their comfort zone or not, they're, they're willing to help, so. And I know that you are in charge of 4-H now, but you grew up as a 4-H kid and you did what these kids are doing, so that's gotta be pretty cool to see sort of the quote-unquote next generation. Yes, it's, kind of, it's coming full circle. So yes, I was a 4-H member here in Hancock County myself. I raised beef cattle, which we were sitting right outside of my of my little home away from home. Um, but yes, yeah, so I was a 4-H member in the Lucky Star 4-H Club for 11 years, so it's, it's nice to come back to my own community and my own county and kind of give back, so. Again, Lauren Berner Kitzler is a 4-H extension educator with the Hancock County 4-H. Uh, and uh, Lauren, thanks very much for dropping by. Again, we'll talk more uh, tomorrow about all of the things that are going on here at the fair. We appreciate you dropping by. Yes, thank you so much and have a great day and enjoy day one of the Hancock County Fair. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage, that is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow, we are back for day number two of the Hancock County Fair. Our broadcasts continue. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.